0: Sexual immorality is the title of this devotion. Sexual morality seems to be a prevailing, prevailing thing over humanity, and and it's I, it's been there from the beginning of man's fall, and. She, And it has been quite a destructive force on the earth if you read the Bible and see how it affected many of the lives. Of course, one of the notable notable ones was where David saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof. That's a form of pornography, of course, watching her and then gaining such a lust in his heart for her instead of turning away from what he was seeing, he pursued it to the degree that that the sword never departed from his house because with it he took the life of her husband to have her. And, And that is an unimaginable, unimaginable evil that happened there. And yet David found mercy with God and forgiveness for his sins. And that is what made David such a man after God's own heart, is that despite his horrific sin, he humbled his heart and found forgiveness with God. And that, folks, is something worth talking and thinking about. But today, I want to read here from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, where it says, Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. My God. Goodness, in one day, 23,000 precious souls lost their lives because of the sexual morality. You know, it is nothing to think light of and make light of. However, today it comes to us in any and every direction, in commercials, in magazines, in every way. It's constantly coming like a barrage to weaken your resolve to live godly and holy. And we really need the Lord's help today not to commit sexual morality. And it can come to the doorstep of the most innocent soul. So we can never kind of look down on other peoples that have stumbled and think we're immune. The Bible says, beware you who think you stand, lest you fall. It is the Lord who's able to keep you standing. We have to have such confidence in God. The scripture here is referring to what happened here in Exodus chapter 20, in, uh, excuse me, in Numbers chapter 25. So let me read this to you, and I'm going to read it from the Living Bibles I did yesterday because it really is so uh, helpful for us to grasp the point that I feel is important when we talk about do not commit sexual morality. It says here in Numbers chapter 25, verse 1, while Israel was camped at Acacia, some of the young men began going to wild parties with the local Moabite girls. It's interesting, the Moabites were related. The Moabites and the Ammonites were the children of Lot. So they were related. There was a familiarity in association, in culture. But there was a very difference in nature in the two, very difference in nature. And because there was some relationship, there was a familiarity that was a door that opened. And so the young men began to go to wild parties with the local Moabite girls. These girls also invited them to attend the sacrifices of their gods. And soon the men were not only attending the feasts, but also bowing down and worshiping the idols. You see, it's cultural that people feast around what they worship. And here they, be, they were worshiping these dark gods. The Moabites, uh, let me see had a God called Baal, okay? Baal actually is the word for husband. So it's where men are masters, rulers, mighty, valiant, honorable, strong. And women were pushing for these men to be valiant and bold and strong and and be the masters. The women were pushing it. They were pushing it. They were looking for which man was the most valiant, most domineering, most masterful and controlling. And and so if you weren't like that, then you didn't feel like a real man. And God through Elijah much later had to say to the children of Israel, Baal is not me. That's not the example of what a husband, what a father is to be like. You're not to be the master, you're to be the servant, the upholder, the maintainer, the protector, the guide, the example. And so God had to come against it because it did not represent His nature at all. That was the... the, the, the Ammonites, The Moabites, I may have said it wrong here, the Moabites had, had an idol god called Molech. I mean, you talk about a diabolical evil mindset that children were the object of your pride to the degree that they would offer these children to show how dedicated they were in the fire of Molech. You talking about diabolical darkness and evil folks, but but that's what they had there with what they worshipped. And and the anyway, anyway, I, I'm getting off track here. Before verse three of Numbers 25, before long, all Israel was joining freely in the worship of Baal, the god of Moab. And the anger of the Lord was hot against his people. He issued the following commandment to Moses, execute all the tribal leaders of Israel, hang them up before the Lord in broad daylight so that his fierce anger will turn away from the people. So Moses ordered the judges to execute all who had worshipped Baal. But one of the Israeli men insolently brought a Midianite girl into the camp right before the eyes of Moses and all the people as they were weeping at the door of the tabernacle. When Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the grandson of Aaron, the priest saw this, he jumped up, grabbed his spear and thrust and rushed after the man into his tent where he had taken the girl. He thrust a spear all the way through the man's body and into her stomach. So you could see the man was laying on top of the woman having sex with her. So the plague was stopped, but only after 24,000 people had already died. Then the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas... The son of Eliezer, the grandson of Aaron, the high priest, has turned away my anger for he was as angry as I concerning my honor. So I have stopped destroying all Israel as I had intended. Now, because of what he has done, because of his zeal for his God, and because he has made atonement for the people of Israel by what he did, I promised that he and his descendants shall be priests forever. And the name of the man and so forth, and the story explains itself more. We need that kind of spirit of Phineas. We need that kind of spirit of that beautiful son, grandson of Aaron the high priest. We need that kind of new generation that will not commit sexual morality? No, 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 no. I will not follow what is familiar with today's culture where you do not even honor God in waiting until you get married before you sleep together. I won't do it. I won't do it. And I am not just shooting up an impossible wall here that won't come down, that's been built over the last many years where people will do whatever they like sexually. No, friends, I know there are many that are standing up for the Lord and saying, no, I will not commit sexual morality. I will not give myself over for the enjoyment, for the feasting of the pleasure of this world to ungodly sexual morality. I won't do it. I'm going to live to the praise and the glory of God. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to live right in His sight. In First Thessalonians, in First Thessalonians chapter four, it says in verse one, Finally, then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you had received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, how you're, to walk means how to live every day. For you know what commandment we gave you through the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Folks, we should never be ashamed to say it, never. And I'm not talking about being harsh and judgmental and condemning. I'm not coming to you in that spirit today. No, I don't believe in that. That will not help anybody. They'll just chase them away. But there is an empowering voice of faith and love for God that says, no, I will not commit sexual immorality. I won't do it. And that voice begins to gather a new generation to want to live holy and pleasing to God. You see, it says here, each one of us should know how to possess our own vessel in sanctification and honor not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, but no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. No one should come to the church and look at a brother's wife and lust after her. God forbid that we should allow such mindsets to enter into the house of the Lord. That is like that man, you know, his name is right here in the man. Uh, who was killed, his name was Zimri, son of Zalu, leader of the tribe of Simeon. And the girl's name was Cosby, daughter of Zur, the Midianite prince. The Lord seldom gives the names through the scripture for these kinds of situations because he's not looking to promote anybody in evil. But the Lord gave the names here and says, do not be like Zimri and Zulu. Do not be like them. And I'm, Zalu, I'm not saying it right here. Zalu and Zimri, don't be like them. Don't follow them. What were they doing? They weren't married, they weren't godly. They were part of the congregation and as part of the congregation, they were living that way. Friends, we cannot be part of the congregation and indulge yourself in sexual morality and not have to face the consequences. You have to repent, you have to repent. You have to go to God and say, oh God, oh God, oh God, I've allowed myself to be captured by my own lusts. I've allowed myself to stumble and fall by my own Passions and desires, and no Lord, no Lord, I'm not an Esau. I will not sell my birthright of fellowship with you for momentary pleasures of the flesh. No Lord, I repent. I tell you the truth. As you humble your heart and repent, God Himself will come and help you to live holy in His sight and well pleasing to Him. The Lord wants us to live in such a way where we offer our bodies as an acceptable, well pleasing sacrifice to Him, holy. It says there in Romans chapter 12, verse one, and here in Ephesians, and I'll read to you from the Living Bible, chapter four, verse 17, Ephesians. It says, let me say this then, speaking for the Lord. Live no longer as the unsaved do, for they're blinded and confused. Their closed hearts are full of darkness. They're far away from the life of God because, of, because they have shut their minds against Him and they cannot understand His ways. They don't care anything about the right and wrong and have given themselves over to impure ways. They stop at nothing being driven by their evil mind and reckless lusts. But that isn't the way Christ taught you. if you've really heard his voice and learned from him the truth concerning himself, then throw off that old nature of sin And let me close from second Peter all oh, this scripture I'm going to read to you now is help me help me, help me I've prayed it and prayed it and prayed it and I love it Second Peter chapter 1 all of you verse one who have our kind of faith, and the faith I speak of is the kind of faith that Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, gives us. How precious it is, and how just and good He is to give us all the same faith. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and truth? Excuse me. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? Then learn to know Him better and better. For as you know Him better, He will give you he will give you through his great power, everything you need for living a truly good life. He will even share his own glory and his own goodness with us. And by that same mighty power, he's given us all the other rich and wonderful blessings he's promised. For instance, the promise to save us from the lust and rottenness all around us and to give us his own character. It's the living Bible and I love it. Dear friends, if you suffer with the violent impulses of sexual immorality raging in your innermost being and pushing you, pushing you to do what you know is not right, trust in Jesus. Call upon Jesus. Come to Jesus. He died on the cross to pay the penalty so that He could have the right not only to forgive you, but to cleanse you from all uncleanness and immorality and he will keep cleansing you and keep cleansing you until all those nighings are completely purged out of your being and your heart is able to be kept by him to live holy and well-pleasing to God by the power of his spirit that you can be part of that standard that God is raising up in this day to put that unclean spirit that's trying to destroy this world to flight. And I tell you, God needs you today. Amen. Have a good day.